Hello, hello, everybody. I am Michael Lombardo, your host. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I am grateful to have you guys here with me today. Thank you so much for listening faithfully. I've been doing this for over two years now with this podcast, um, just newly with Charisma Podcast Network um, in January of this year. And um, it's just been an amazing time talking with incredible people, releasing different teachings every week. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you can go on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can go to charismapodcastnetwork.com and you can see you know, probably at this point around 30 episodes or close to that, um, that, that have been released. We do two shows every single week. So every Monday morning around 5 a.m. and every Thursday morning around the same time, a new show is released. And so thank you guys so much for tuning in. There's been some very impactful shows. I love having guests in the show that have stories of encounter, people who know the Lord intimately, that hear his voice, that walk with him, that do incredible exploits here in the world, that are making a difference, you know, in this world for the kingdom of heaven. And that's why I'm so grateful to have my guest here on the show today. It's Pastor Matthew Barnett. Him and his father, Tommy Barnett, co-founded the LA Dream Center under the Assemblies of God in 1994. In 2001, the Dream Center was formally united with Anglis Temple, the flagship Foursquare Church founded by Amy Semple McPherson. A congregation now is over 7,000 that attend weekly, and the Dream Center reaches more than 30,000 people weekly with its needs-based ministries and outreaches. Matthew and his wife have a daughter and a son, and they make their home in the Los Angeles area. I even have a pastor of mine who opened up a Dream Center in New Jersey, and so I know the heart behind this ministry. It's beautiful, and it's a blessing to the world. So thank you, Matthew, for joining me on the broadcast today. Oh, thank you for that introduction. It's such a joy to be with you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so... Many people who are listening to this right now may be very familiar with the Dream Center. Pastor Joe Fortunato is a close friend of mine. He's in New Jersey. He opened up the uh, South Jersey Dream Center. He's doing amazing things, ministering to the poor and the marginalized in South Jersey. And so I I know the heart of what you're doing. I've heard your stories. My my parents really love your ministry, and they followed your your father and your ministry as well. Heard you speak a couple times in different places. But for those who aren't aware of the Dream Center, it's such an amazing story I know you've shared it thousands of times, but I just got to hear it again here on the broadcast. Oh, thank you. It's, it's always a joy to tell it again, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was 20 years. I started, I've been in L.A. now for 25 years. Uh, the journey is incredible because my uh, father you know, got a little building uh, that was given to him by the Assemblies of God to try to revitalize in the middle of the inner city during the 1990s, during the gangs and the earthquakes and the riots and all that was going on. And um, so my dad was trying to find a pastor and nobody really wanted to be in that neighborhood. I understand why. It was a very big challenge. And mm-hmm. I was sitting in the back seat of the car. My dad said, man, I can't find anybody to pastor. He said, son, would you help me for three months to come and pastor this church? Sure. And he goes, I'll give you 10 sermons. You can memorize them and just go for it. And <laughs> yeah. then help me buy some time to find a pastor. Well, I've been there now since uh, 1994, 25 years, and we're still looking for the real pastor, really. No, but uh, <laughs> He knew what he was doing, he, though, maybe a so little bit, kind of reeling you in. Maybe. Yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> he did. I, I think I might have been the only one available, but I, but I was 20, and, and nobody, one night I looked out on a Sunday night, and nobody showed up to church, and I was so discouraged. I came sure. from a mega church of thousands. Nobody wanted me as pastor at 20, and I was just, you know, I had really no idea what I was doing, and I just took a prayer walk that night, and then God showed me every need of the city, young men being arrested up against police cars, helicopters that were looking for criminals, and I walked through Skid Row where the homeless live, and that night in that prayer walk was a marathon prayer walk. Really, God just spoke to me and he said, 
I just want you to die to your dream of being a success and live to the dream of being a blessing. And I want you to wow. use whatever you have to love and serve people. And I said, God, I have nothing. I have no staff. Don't have a worship leader. I've got a desk in my office. And God spoke to me, said, move the desk on the sidewalk and start with that. And I answered the phones, talked to people in the neighborhood and, and just started using whatever we had, an old dirt lot and bought a Kmart basketball hoop and, uh, put it up there and had little three on three basketball leagues and just using it and started to really celebrate what I had, not what I wish I had. And then we got our first little house in the neighborhood and God spoke to me to open up a rehab program to take in a couple of guys on the street, which terrified me, but we did it. Mm -hmm. And the ministry began to unfold and change. And we outgrew the whole neighborhood around that block. And then one day I was driving down the Hollywood freeway and we see this big old hospital and it was for sale. A Nightmare on Elm Street was filmed here. Halloween was filmed here. Wow. Ghosts mm-hmm. with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore film, filmed here. All these uh, movies that Paramount was using it for um, a set for eight years. It was abandoned, and they were ransacking the hospital, really, and using it for film. And we talked to the Catholic Church, and they said, you know, you want to buy this building? And we told them what we wanted to do. We wanted to open up a hospital that would be open 24 hours, seven days a week, and that anyone who had a need – could come in at any hour of the day and have a place to live and be rehabilitated. And they'd love the vision and they sold it to us for $3.9 million wow. right underneath the $16 million offer from the movie studios. And so today we have 700 people living in this big old hospital in the Hollywood freeway, free of Amazing. charge, homeless veterans, emancipated minors, uh, people that have drug addiction, trafficking victims, homeless veterans, and, um, and just able to feed 30,000 people a week and serve and, it really all started from taking that really that one small step of putting that desk on the sidewalk and starting to see the miracle of the heart begin to unfold. Uh, because really, whenever something great happens, it happens in your heart. And uh, that's when it starts to happen. Yeah, I just even just just listening to you right now. And you said something like um, you see in that prayer rock with the Lord, you said that, Lord, I die to wanting to be a success and I just want what you have. And I just. I feel like that that really just stuck out to me because I found that same um, theme in my life in terms of when I first got saved, God, he showed me a vision of multitudes and he said, first I'll have you speak to few and then I'll have you speak to many. And it was life changing for me because I was purposeless before Christ. And when I encountered him, mm-hmm. I fell in love and all I wanted to do is know him and serve him. And when I got that vision, it was it was purpose infused in me. And so I began to chase that with everything. And then a year or two in Bible school, um, the Lord says, what you know, I I was I was worshiping, I was praying, I was spending some time with him, and he said, "Son, if you never speak to multitudes, if you never write a book, if no one ever knows your name, if you never have a microphone, am I enough for you?" And it mm. it was like a dagger in my heart. I didn't I didn't understand it at first. I'm like, God, why you gave me these dreams? Are you are you asking you know to to take them away? Like I didn't understand it. I went on a missions trip to Thailand, Laos, and Malaysia, and um, there was this. We're in the middle of nowhere, um, and there was these beautiful little, little girl was singing at a tune and there was strings missing off the guitars and a, a man in a wheelchair just skin and bones barely lifting his hands up to jesus crying and the holy spirit he said to me if you never write a book if no one ever knows your name if i asked you to lay down your life and be unknown and live for a people like this am i enough for you would you do that for me and i had moments in my life where i had to die to even the dreams that god gave me to say like more than anything more than the dream it's all about you, Jesus, and I just want to live for you and not for myself and a ministry, a platform, or anything like that. And I found it's that's always been the springboard to seeing miraculous things take place. 
You know, that's so powerful. And it's true because it really, we really don't even know what success sometimes even looks like. Yeah. And, uh, and when you just start using what's in your hand and celebrating life and kind of living by that scripture that says, in all your ways, acknowledge him Amen. and he will direct your path and standing on the right side of the vision. And that is just yeah. to be useful with whatever God gives you and letting him control where he wants to take you. And mm-hmm. then, then you'll sometimes start dreaming dreams you didn't know that you had. Like, I didn't know that I had a love for homeless people. I didn't know that I had such a, a concern for the, those that were broken. But when all I had was nothing left but a prayer walk, I began to discover <laughs> that there were layers that God wanted to get through. And that only happened through rock bottom. And, and I think there's times in our life where we think rock bottom is the end of the world, but sometimes, you know, the dream's got to go to rock bottom, not so that it can be destroyed, but so that it can be recreated. Awesome. And that's kind of what God did. He allowed everything I thought was going to happen. I thought I was going to preach LA to revival, you know, come in with <laughs> yeah. great sermons. And, and um, it happened in such a different way, but such a, a beautiful way and an attainable way that just gives you more of the longevity to be a success. And that is just to honor God and how you live your life every day. And um, there's a certain kind of reward that when you go to bed at night, knowing that you've, you've just done it all to the glory of the Lord, and there's nothing that can replace that. Amen. Absolutely. And you, you just wrote a book. Um, it's, 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 right now, it's the first week of April, and so it's being released. So one, one small step is, is the title of the book, A Life-Changing Adventure of Following God's Nudges, released with, with, with chosen books and, cho- and chosen publishing. And so you, you talk about this, uh, these God nudges. And I know you kind of briefly spoke about it with the Dream Center and kind of how God spoke to you. But when people hear God's nudges, what do you what do you mean by that? I'd love to get a little bit more of a definition to that and how how people could really experience these nudges in their everyday life. Well, we talk a lot about random acts of kindness, but really there's a, kind of a difference between that and the Holy Spirit nudges. You know, the, the Holy Spirit nudges come into our life and on a daily basis where we, we know the good to do. God puts things that are against our character, our normal, you know, belief system, or maybe just our normal priorities of life, you know, things that come into our, our lives that, you know, for, for example, the other day I was driving um, to pick up my kids to school and God just began to speak to me and said, why don't you just make this a sanctuary for 15 minutes on the drive home? <laughs> don't ask them what their homework is. Don't ask them all the stuff they have to deal with prepare your heart and make that 15 minutes, the best 15 minutes of their life. And that little nudge was something that began to change my family's life. I'd pick up my kids for school, have a little drink, have maybe their favorite song playing queued up in the car when they get there and just create a place of, of great relief in, 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 in a safe haven. And I just learned to respond to a lot of those little things in our life that speak to us that we talk ourselves out of on a daily basis. Sure. Uh, w- ways that we can serve others, um, people that we've wanted to forgive for a long time, but we've never gotten around to it, or you know, feelings about situations, or a mindset, or a belief that we just let it prevail, and it, it becomes a pattern of our life. Um, but every day, God is just ministering to us in so many little ways that we just discard, or even paying for someone who's short, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. It's just we we justify ourselves out of so many things that God wants to speak to us on a daily basis. And so the book is really um, talking about what happens when you say more, say yes more to those things in your life uh, that are against the normal flow and routine of your day-to-day life and the experience and the changes that go on. Uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is when um, 
one of the guys uh, wrote me a letter, said, Pastor, um, there's this thing called the World Marathon Challenge, where these people are running seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. Mm-hmm. I, I know, it's, probably, it's hard to process. Seven <laughs> yeah. full 26.2 marathons, sure. seven continents in seven days. And, um, and he said, if you do it, um, I'll, I'll, I'll start a fundraiser, and I'll give the Dream Center $100,000. <laughs> now, wow. everything inside of me was to say no, because I can't do that. That's an impossible task. Um, but then I just started thinking about all the people we could help and all the rooms that we could open up with the dreams there. And I just said, you know what? Yes, I'm going to go for it. It took me on an adventure of a lifetime of running in Antarctica, Madrid, Morocco, Dubai, Australia. I mean, all these places in seven days. And it turned into one of those things where people in a recovery program were blessed because of that they found a mission the campaign was called Face Yourself. They started facing drug addictions. We raised $1.4 million of the Dream Center, um, all because of just you know lisp- listening to these whispers of the heart when God just spoke to me and said, you can do this. You can do this. And I, and I went with it. And it turned into something that was truly extraordinary. So, I mean, on a daily basis, God is ministering so many things that we discard. And if you entertain those things, it's not only good for your soul, but it's also could be the seed of something blossoming in your life that could be your purpose and cause for the rest of your life. And so um, we just got people around here just kind of spontaneously. If you feel something, say it. Um, if you believe something about someone, speak it over their life. And just living life without restraint, not held back, and uh, responding and not discounting little things and how much of a big difference they can make in the lives of others and in yourself. I love that story about the marathon because one thing I always I always say is you never know what's on the other side of your obedience. When you just listen and to, to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you obey these nudgings that he gives you, he'll take you places that you never thought you'd go. You know, blessings are right around the corner. You know, he does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think according to the working of his power within us. And so I, I just, I love that because so many other opportunities and doors opened up for you financially and for your ministry and everything else just by saying yes in that situation. And I feel like people are always looking for the big and they ignore, they're just not conscious of the small ways that God likes to speak and, and lead us. And oftentimes it could sound like our inner voice or our inner self. But um, I think people are concerned, like, was that God? Was that not God? You know, if they feel like, should I call my friend who's down and out? Yeah, do it. It'll take five, ten minutes. You know, it's it's a nudge that you got. And it might not be, you know, overly obvious that it was God. But hey, you know, people love getting a phone call. People love feeling like uh, you were thinking about them that day. Or, hey, give give money to this person. You know, you get these thoughts that run through your brain. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, is that God? Like, why would I give money to this person? I don't know. The devil would never tell you to do something like that. You know what I mean? To bless someone or to pay pay for, you know, someone's meal behind you or, hey, you see someone depressed on the side of the street and your first thought is maybe I should go pray for that person. And then all suddenly the voice of fear is saying, you know what? Well, what happens if this happens? I don't know that person. And the flesh rises up. Right. And you and you and you pull back from from doing those things. But you got to tell yourself, would the devil tell me to do that? Pray some pray for someone, bless somebody, take care of someone, give somebody money. No. And so. The Holy Spirit, he's supernatural, but he's also so practical. He wants to fill our lives with 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 all of that. And I just feel like the Christian life is not a life of a comfort zone. Jesus never said, follow me and everything's going to be comfortable. You know, he said, take up your cross and follow me and there, and there will right. be a narrow road. And I know you talk about that in your book, about what happens in our hearts when we desire to live outside of our comfort zone. I would just love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, when we first decided to buy this building, um, it was 400,000 square feet, and we had $50,000 a year coming into the offering. 
but we talked to the Catholic Church about buying it. We didn't expect the meeting to really go that good, to be honest. We were just yeah. kind of throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. And they said, we love your vision. Make us an offer. And we made them an offer for 3.9 versus $16 million. Uh, Again, $50,000 a year coming in the offerings, all poor people, homeless people in the streets. Mm-hmm. And we said, we're going to buy this building, and God's going to give us some money in 18 months. We really believe it. And the reason why I believed it is because I knew that God loved the people that were hurting in Los Angeles more than I loved them. And I had to just step out and say, you know what, I'm going to take a step of yes and just see where it goes. And what began to happen was truly extraordinary. Um, First of all, we got calls and emails from people saying that we were reckless and irresponsible and would be a blight on the body of Christ. Some people even said, why buy a building like that in L.A.? It's a third world country. Go to Orange County where there's more church culture and you can build a great church. Mm Every reason why we couldn't do something, and to be honest with you, we agreed with a lot of the adversaries. It's, it's, it's kind of funny when you actually agree with your um, with your opposition. We're like, you're on the surface, you're really kind of right. Sure, yep. But we just kept moving. We kept shuffling our feet towards the possibility, sharing the vision of what could be done. And two men who are the biggest opposition to this ministry, my dad's church in Phoenix. In fact, they even left his church in Phoenix over this because they felt like it was bad stewardship. They were in town in L.A. on a business trip, and they actually wanted to come by and see it. And we didn't want them to see it because we thought they were just going to throw cold water in the vision. And, and really, I, and I told you so type of thing. We were up against 18 months. We were six months into it. We still owe $3.9 million. And uh, these two guys walked the building. We shared the vision. And uh, at that time, we owned it for 18 months until we come up with the money. And, um, and we shared the vision. They looked at us, and they were so touched. And they said, we want to give a million dollars each, and two of the biggest skeptics were two, gave $2 million that became wow. the avalanche of faith. Kind of like when you knock down the giant, everybody starts to think it's possible, and, um, and that's what happened. And so it's, it's one of those things where I knew, I knew that that hospital and the motive behind it was pure. We wanted to help people. We wanted to take them in. Our plan wasn't perfect. We didn't understand how everything was going to unfold. But I think God looked down and saw a lifetime commitment and a lifetime investment of getting something like that and knew that our roots would run really, really deep. And we just, I mean, kept believing. We had a little um, napkin that we wrote, the pros and cons of buying this building uh, before we did it. And we had so many cons that were that were on one side of that napkin. One of the cons is most of our church were ex-cons, you know, and the whole thing was just flooded with reasons why. And then we turned to the other side and my dad and I were looking at each other. We're like, what are the, what are the pros? And all we could come up is what if, I mean, what if we did get the building and we did could, uh, could house hundreds of people on a daily basis. And that's all we had going is one, two little words. What if, and, uh, we rolled with that and just kept moving forward. And, saw the glory of God being revealed. And even now, as I'm talking to you, there's 250 men in the floor below me, all, you know, were addicted to meth and heroin addiction. Um, 40 men were sentenced to us to uh, the Dream Center instead of a 10-year prison sentence. And wow. they're now here for one year, part of prison reform. And it's taken on an adventure. And all because we simply said yes to that offer and yes to buying the building and just yep. kept shuffling our feet and stayed around long enough to pass the checkpoints to find where the miracles were at. You know, it's kind of like that, that, that video game pole position, the old school video game, man, you get to those certain places, you get to the checkpoint, you get more time. Right. And, uh, yeah, and it feels like we got these major checkpoints in our life and God just gave us a little bit more grace and rewards along the way. Absolutely. And now, and now look what the Lord has done. 150 dream centers all around the world, thousands upon thousands of people being blessed weekly, being taken care of. 
you know, because of this ministry and it just started with a small yes. And I just think that is absolutely incredible. And you know what? A lot of times we get opposition from believers, which I heard in your story right there. People that honestly have great intentions. They they, they care for you. They don't want you to make the the wrong choice, but still are thinking on a very carnal level, you know, on a very shallow level. They're not hearing the very heart of God. And we, we bless those people and we love those people and we don't belittle them or point fingers at them. But at the same time, we got to break past the opinions of others, right? And step into the deep waters of what Jesus is calling us to do. And the, the ways of the spirit just don't make sense to, 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 to mindsets that are just purely intellectual, right? It's a life of faith. And, you know, everybody wants to see. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So everybody wants to see miracles, but no one wants to be put in a situation where they need one, you know? And a lot of the times God will put us in situations where we have no clue how we're going to get out of it. And we can't get out of it in our own natural abilities and strengths. But then he comes through with this power and it's so obviously him, right? And then it's like so obviously him that no one could deny it. Wow, yeah. God, God is in his midst. God is doing all this. Like You can't point to anybody but Jesus. And so that's, I really love that about your story. And you guys are ministering to the heart of God. Like Jesus said, if you feed the poor, if you clothe the naked, if you visit those in prison, like you're doing these things to me. And in, in in a natural, no natural desire would want to go and lay your life down for something like this. It's it's God birth. God birth these dreams inside of you guys. And I know there's there's people that are listening right now, and you know they they have big dreams, but they don't know how to get there, and they've maybe received visions from God or dreams from the Lord, and it's it's huge. It's beyond them, and maybe they've said no to Him, you know, several times. Maybe they've pushed Him off and have been pursuing their own dreams and their own desires just just to make a way what would you what would you say to a believer that maybe has been living you know below their inheritance in Christ but they're hungry and they want more and they want to see God do big things through them I think the big thing is we've just learned to celebrate every little tiny victory along the path yeah um one of the worst things you can do is put a five-year 10-year plan sometimes for some people it's good I'm not discounting it but sure to have an expectation of how you think it all should go. I think you have a general vision God gives you. You go in that direction, and then you just, you know, you trust God in, in that path, and that's very rewarding. And the problems and the trials that we de- deal with, oftentimes we'll make a big deal about them, man. We'll, like, obsess mm-hmm. about them. We'll talk about them. And then when we get those little flashpoints of God's mercy and blessing, well, many times just kind of, you know, not not really pay much attention to that. True. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that's where you get discouraged when— um, the burdens and the pressures mount up, but you can't celebrate the victories. And so uh, one, it's one thing I've learned from my dad. He said, the only way you're going to live a life of a constant, consistent vision of longevity is you've got to make a bigger deal about your little wins than you do your defeats. And uh, I've seen a lot of pastors, young pastors come onto the scene, do very well in the first couple of years, but then, you know, the new wears off and they've got to get in the trenches and they've got to fight a little bit and they've got to battle and they've got to whether the storms of maintaining and whether the storms of sometimes even going a little bit backwards and, sure. and just learning mm-hmm. to find the joy in acclimating to new altitudes. If you climb Mount Everest, you're not going to get to the top in one day. You're going to have to stop up that mountain and set up some base camps and, and uh, adjust to the climbing and the altitude of your future. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in that have a hard time in that place of just, you know, getting a little spike and holding on and then get another spike and holding on. So I would just encourage people to just is never see the vision as a place you need to get to, but just see it as a little victories along the way on the climb to where you're going. Yeah. And this is, you know, even just relating with my own life and and your story, what you're saying right now is, 
in the process of walking in the promise, there's preparation, there's refining, there's maturing. Like even in the Bible, from the beginning to the end, there's been there was prophetic words that were released from the prophets, and it took years and years and years for the fulfillment of these things to manifest. And we think that just because we have a, a nudge, you know, that we're automatically, you know, going to see instant <laughs> results and breakthrough right around the corner. You know, the Dream Center was a labor of love. And it is a labor of love, and God did a lot of things quickly and miraculously, but at the same time, I'm sure there was a lot of sweat, there was a lot of tears, there was issues that came up that you had to tackle and you had to pray through, and I just know in my own life when God's asked me to do things that have gone, you know, against my reasoning and my natural way of thinking, me and my wife have gone through periods of years where it was tight, and it was hard, and we had to push through and we had to believe, even though everything in the natural said not to believe, and like, God, you spoke this to us, you know, where is it? You know, we're struggling and we were living, you know, miracle to miracle. We needed help for a period of years when we first got saved doing missions, traveling around. We're living off of financial support, all these prophetic words about this and that. And you just, you can't give up. You can't get discouraged. You can't give up. You got to keep trusting God. And honestly, it's not about the destination. It's about knowing him in the midst of it all and just being happy with him and loving him and just doing what you can in the moment, knowing and trusting that he's going to take care of everything else. I just feel like God refines us, matures us, and prepares us in that process of seeing the manifestation of these things. So we're actually able to oh, walk yeah, in you're, you're exactly You're exactly right. When we started, you know, we had this really slow grind for a long time, for a few years, and then we got the big miracle of the building. And man, we're like, oh, we're going to live on this mountain time forever. Nope, sure. go right back into the valley again and <laughs> yeah. one room at a time. Oh, yeah. Someone said the Dream Center has got to be one of the uh, the great six overnight success stories. I'm like, no, it's not. We're not <laughs> even close. We're like 25 years of like, you know, a big spike and then the grinding out period and then a little spike. I mean, it's just been, it's been all over the map. But it, when Jesus, you know, when you live your life for the applause of God and, and, and just, to, just to make God happy, yeah. you know, you, do, you don't quit along the way because a man will never give you what, what, what they can give you. They got their own issues and battles in your life. And uh, if you live your life into the glory of God, that's the great security that you're not going to give up because that's, that's a long-term motivation. Can't live to prove your critics wrong. Can't do anything out of any kind of motivation except for here I am, God, you've given me something to do. And and just help me to do it as joyful as I can moving forward and have a good spirit and, you know, and get to where I need to go. But yeah, your analogy was so perfect about, you know, your own struggles in life on a day-to-day basis. There's, there's big visions we go through with big leaps and, and there's you know, our own personal lives. We go through those struggles and battles and, and, uh, and, but we just keep churning forward. And then that's, that's why even hearing your story was so remarkable to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so, Like even like you were talking about the joy in doing it, that really speaks to me. Like even everything you're saying right now is very encouraging, man. It's really speaking to my heart. It's just because like if if you've got this grandiose dream and you're getting there and you're doing it and people could see all the amazing things you're doing, but you're just grumpy and not happy (laughs) and mean and you know, to people it's all, it's that's, that's not the best testimony in the world. Like even if you're doing something small, but you're doing it joyful and unto the Lord, that that's fruit. People can see there's something different about you. People can say, how come you're so happy when everything's going wrong? How come you're still happy even though, the, you know, you know in, in the amazing times when they all have these responsibilities and everything, I just feel like the greatest testimony is just a life lived unto the Lord with joy and peace and righteousness and the Holy Spirit, whether you're doing something small or doing something massive for him, you know, and so that just, it speaks to me, you know, when I see somebody that's, that's just bubbling over with happiness and delight in the Lord. 
as a term the people that are just grumpy because they're just carrying too much of a weight you know and they're just focused on the work and not the one who gave them the work to do and so um it's just powerful and so matthew um for people who want to get connected with your ministry, know more about you, get a copy of your book, find out about the Dream Center, how to learn more about it. How can people get plugged into this ministry? Yes, they can go to dreamcenter.org, and we want to help you. We want to help the listeners. There might be a, a father, mother, has a son who has a drug addiction looking for a one-year program. You can fill out all the applications online. If you want to come to serve at the Dream Center for a week, you could do that online. Um, look around, tons of testimonies of lives that have been changed. And um, we'd like to serve you. And people are so generous to always ask about what they could do to help the Dream Center. And so I send them to the website because that might be a resource you might need one day um, for a son or daughter to not have a 30-day you know, quick fix of, of recovery, but a really good long-term program that would give them a chance to truly unpack the layers of their life. So they go to, again, dreamcenter.org, tons of information, ways to be involved, ways to give, ways to serve ways to pray. And uh, thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to present that. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I just want to pray. I want to end this time in prayer. And I just want to, for the people who are listening right now, Lord, I just thank you right now that you are ministering to hearts, that you are opening up the eyes of people's hearts, people that are struggling in need. Maybe they have a family member that is in need, you know, someone in their neighborhood that is struggling, homeless people they drive past every single day. I just thank you, Lord, that you are drawing their hearts to the right people, to the right ministries. I thank you, Lord, for bringing the right people into their lives that want to bless them and lift them up. And I just thank you, Lord, for all that the uh, Dream Center is doing in this world, Lord. I just thank you for your your uh, support financially for the Dream Center. I thank you for the miracles. I thank you for all that you're doing, and, and, and they've seen nothing yet, Lord. I thank you that you're breathing on it, and you have been breathing on it for years. And I just thank you for all the thousands of lives, the countless thousands of lives that have been ministered to through the Dream Center, Lord. And I, we just love you. We just thank you. We give you all the praise, God, and glory for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with me here today. It's been, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. What you've, what you've said in this broadcast just about pleasing God and not living for men and their applause and you know obeying the small nudges of God and seeing the miraculous, it's, uh, it's encouraging to me, and I know many people will be touched by it from this show. Thank you. Well, thank you. What a joy to be with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. For all those who are listening right now to Awaken Podcast, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people uh, to be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I look forward to the next episode with you guys. Um, I'll see you next time on Awaken Podcast. Awaken Podcast.